When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Tuesdays here at Tail Bar City Radio, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, day two of Nebraska Colorado Rivalry Week. Do we dive into the hate? The hatred part. Some of you are too young to know about Nebraska Colorado, other than one of their linebackers twisting and turning. Uh, Adrian Martinez, like a pretzel, back in 2018. Some of us remember rainy nights on Halloween or even rainstorms in November of 1990, if you want to get too technical, uh, with Colorado either getting dismantled and a family member or yourself smiling with pride or uh, stomping out of Memorial Stadium angrily. After a 27-point fourth quarter, as the the Buffs win a national championship before Coach Osborne. That's all part of this week. Nebraska returns to Folsom, and we'll see if it's a a different result for the Big Red. Plenty of time to talk about it. Can join us today on Hale Varsity, 5865. That's the numbers to get in touch with us. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com and watch the show comment in the stream yard, Hale Varsity YouTube channel, and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Off to Boulder, flight permitting uh, on Thursday. We'll be at Big Red of the Rockies. We want to see you out there in Estes Park. The Gary Michaels event, of course, Friday night. And then at Blur Parties, Saturday pre- and post-game in Boulder. Big thanks, Sauter and Big thanks, Lazaris, for sending us out. And, uh, Elijah, you're going to be bringing me back home. Is that fair? You're going to try? As long as we can make it back to Lincoln before the Broncos game starts, those are our two options. Either we hop over to, to Denver and we get back. We stay for the game. And we get back for by the time that your morning show starts. I'll drive through the night. You'll be back by your morning show on Monday. Or we have to be back in time for the uh, the 3.30 kick local time here in Lincoln. I think option two is probably the better option okay. for us, but we'll see. Hey, there's plenty of Nebraska fans that are Donk fans, or Denver fans, excuse me. And we'll, uh, hey, we can always audible. <laughs> we can always audible. So there, there's a ton of comments. Yes, Elijah's wearing his bowling shirt. It is Bowling Tuesday. That it is. You, uh, you have that going. I, I love it. Uh, you know, and, and we'll hear from Coach Prime in a little bit. Let's lay out the guest list for you. Mitch Sherman will join us from The Athletic in about 15 minutes. We'll hear from Stacy from Blur. So Stacy from Blur, she may have a 
couple passes to give away if you are headed out to Colorado uh, for Nebraska, Colorado. Then in hour two, don't want to miss this. We'll spend time with Matt Schick of ESPN, the Schick and Nick podcast. Schick's a buff, uh, married to a Husker. Uh, It should be entertaining. His thoughts on Nebraska, Colorado. And then a blast from the past. Uh, A great quarterback that almost came to Lincoln, ended up going to Colorado and transformed their fortune. That is one Darian Hagan. Darian Hagan, part of Coach Prime's staff, and quite frankly, part of the last eight head coaches they've had uh, the last 18 years. You think Nebraska's had it bad with the turnstile head coaches? The Buffs are right there raising their hand. So full uh, in on Nebraska, Colorado today. So... Uh, what's your favorite crime movie? I ask that. Crime and drama go hand in hand. And this isn't a shot at Colorado, nor is it a shot at Nebraska. Hear me out. You think of, I think of a, a, a line in a movie that's, that's pretty prevalent. Three different movies. Was it personal or is it business? All right? You hear that in crime dramas. New Jack City, Ice Tea. Ready to kill Nino. Training day. Alonzo puts a hit out on Billy Hoyt at the infamous card game. And then uh, even uh, we go back to Usual Suspects. Great movie. And you have one of the, 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 the heist men in Usual Suspects let one of the other criminals know they meet out in L.A. Well, I want you to know your old partner. Yeah, I shivved him in the shower. And it was a question. Was it business or personal? And the response was a bit of both. (laughs) And Deion Sanders, here's the cut, here's the clip, talking about what Nebraska-Colorado is rivalry-wise. And he used the P word about Nebraska. Rivalries are rivalries. Um, There's some more severe than others. I think everywhere you go coach, from high school on up or from youth league on up, you're going to have rivalries and just learning the dynamics of the different rivalries are, it, it, I like it. It's delightful. So I've learned the, the, the severity, the serious nature of this rivalry and I'm embracing it 100%. This is personal. That's the message of the week. This is personal. Okay. It is personal. Big thanks. Anthony chimes in. I forgot one of my favorite movies, Harlem Nights especially with the old pinky toe getting shot off. Um, Yeah, business or personal. Nebraska, I thought, had a business-like approach last week. They'll have the same, and it's just two different messages right now for each coaching staff. Uh, You you have the hype and the backslaps and the praise. I mean, Saunders, Dion's already done. Uh, He he did uh, Bayless's show. He's done McAfee. He's done Hurd. I mean, he's done all the national hits because everybody wants a piece of Dion mm. because of that persona. There's this giant wow factor, and they need to be applauded. They're 25th in the country. They won one game last year. And you've got a couple of potential overreactions going on. One, the overreaction with Nebraska's loss. Damn, the season's done to Minnesota. And one overreaction that Coach Prime's got three Heisman winners, and he might have one. He may have a couple. I don't know. Uh, but you need more than one game. And it's that that's a fair take for Nebraska right now. It's a fair take for Colorado. Now, if Colorado gets hot, 
man. I mean, they, they could do something special. Over-unders three and a half wins for them. They could get to a bowl. Nebraska also can find a way. God forbid, if you're a big Red fan, they start out 0-2. They can get better. Things can go okay. You can settle your quarterback down, Elijah, and, and still find you can still find a way to six with this schedule remaining. It ain't going to be easy. But there's a chance to, to go 0-2. There's a chance to go 2-0. There's a chance to split. I mean, there's that's why you're going to play the game Saturday. But it is business and it is personal. It's both for the fan bases. Got to get a win. You got to get one and one. Uh, and, and try and get your two by game wins before you get to Michigan. Uh, it is personal because of the animosity, animosity between Nebraska, Colorado for years. I mean, we'll get to some of these reads, but the reason people in Nebraska are part of this hate in the rivalry is because of how they've been treated out in Colorado. And part of the the hate that exists for Colorado towards Nebraska is the superiority complex. Or the fact that Nebraska could hang half a hundred and keep on hanging half a hundred for a lot of years, and Colorado had had no answer to it. And I mean that that grenade pin was pulled by one genius madman in in Bill McCartney, picking the biggest kid in the Big Eight, not Oklahoma but Colorado because of the border, and and declaring war on Nebraska, and then they caught up and surpassed Nebraska, and then. The response was this, three championships in four years for Nebraska, and Coach McCartney retired. So I'm fascinated by it. Again, this needs to happen every year, Elijah. It doesn't. Uh, it is personal. It is business. It's all of the above. But Dion says it, it's personal. Don't know if that's manufactured. Don't know if that's real with the presumed shots at Dion by Nebraska with the TV camera stuff. And Dion's a guy we, we talked about yesterday. He's a guy that, as we kind of said, he's been Coach Prime for a while. He's dealt with the confidence, the, the intoxication of being Prime. And, and I think, and I'm cheering for him. And, I like him. And I think Dion Sanders is a guy that, through his career playing and coaching, has made a lot of things personal. I think that's what makes him tick. Yeah, you got to find an edge, right? I, I mean, whenever to be you, that level an athlete, whenever he goes in the post game press conference and starts calling out reporters by name. He made it personal. He made this season for Colorado personal. Hey, I'm going to be better than, than the, these reporters think I'm going to be. All these jokes they're making in the offseason, I'm going to make them pay. That's how Prime operates. I think this game is going to be personal for him on Saturday. Is he going to be able to get that within his team? I don't know. I mean, does, do these Colorado players, they've transferred from everywhere in the country. They, they don't know the history of Colorado football, you can presume. They don't know the history of Nebraska and Colorado. Is it going to be personal for them? We're going to find out. They're going to still be riding that high from TCU, and they're going to see little old Nebraska. Oh, well, they haven't been anything in my lifetime. This isn't actually personal. This is just a, a has-been rivalry. Maybe that's the mentality. Maybe Coach Prime's able to get that personal mindset that, that, that we feel personally slighted by the fact that we have to play Nebraska this week. Maybe he can get that mentality within his team. We're going to find out on Saturday. As for Matt Rule in Nebraska, he strikes me as a coach that is going to figure out how each of his players tick and we heard from Ethan Piper today mm-hmm. Ethan Piper today I don't think is a guy that thrives on things being personal on the football field he's a guy that thrives on on the structure and the business process of things hey we're going to focus in on improving what we can this week and that's where the confidence comes from is, is taking this from a business stance not letting ourselves get too high not letting ourselves get too low I think that's how Ethan Piper probably ticks 
I think there's probably other guys in this Husker football team that need to take things personally in order to go out and succeed on a Saturday afternoon. And I think one of the things that, that Matt Rule wants to do is, is he's talked about building a personal relationship with each player. It's about finding how each player operates and, and using that to bring the best out of them on Saturdays. And Coach Prime, I think, has built a roster that is built like himself. I think he wants a whole bunch of guys that take things personally because I think that's how he knows how to connect with players. And, and what will the result be on They're Saturday? They're not that I don't dissimilar know. when it comes to connecting uh, developing a relationship and coaching fundamental football. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not different. It's just different personalities. Uh, Rock Westfeld chimes in. Rock, good to hear from you again. Good. It's personal. Colorado's a fake program with airhead fans that don't have a clue about college football. Outside of envy for Nebraska. That's, that's a true and true Husker fan take right there on the Colorado Buffs. And they are a giant bandwagon program. And there's all sorts of things through their history they've had to do to keep people engaged. You can do a lot of things in Boulder, man. You can go hiking. You can leave this planet. <laughs> I, I mean, was wondering how you're going to slip you, that in. <laughs> you can go to the brewery. <laughs> I mean, you can do a lot of things. Uh, Cutter checks in and get your comments in with the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Uh, Colorado fans are what make this team unbearable. Uh, they could have the worst fans in college sports. If you go to a game in Boulder, hide your license plate, notorious for King Nebraska cars. That's just it. Like Nebraska fans, it's one thing to get beat by them. It's another thing to get absolutely harassed and in some instances vandalized or assaulted. Now, the two Colorado kids that were Liquored up all the way back in 1997, picked with the wrong two rural Nebraskans to mess with in the front row of the Nebraska-Colorado game. That end zone that says Colorado, yeah, there was a throwdown. I got to watch, and it was the big guys in overalls from Nebraska that won. And they kept the beer as a souvenir. <laughs> they kept the beer to the as victor a, goes the spoils. They kept the beer as a souvenir. <laughs> so we'll hear a little bit more from Coach Prime, uh, and let's check in with uh, the grounded part because that's a very key element. I know we said if a lot, Anthony, yesterday because there's a lot of ifs with this football game for both teams, and one of those ifs is if Colorado can stay grounded or the Head swells too large. Not everyone's got Hunter skills on that team. Not everyone's got Sanders skill on that team. There's there's still 44 guys too deep that need to play at a high level. Here's Coach Prime. I want them to read the headlines because I'm not stupid enough to think that they're not. You know, I hate when coaches say that. Don't read your clippings. No, read your clippings. You bought out. I want you to read them. But you got to understand, uh, everything they say ain't true. Either way. Either way. And we start winning, not in the news press and, 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 and not on Saturday, but we started today. We started with the scouting report today and understanding today. Yesterday, probably half the team was in watching film and getting prepared and studying. So I, I love that aspect of who these young men are and what they want. But they've seen the results of hard work and labor. They've seen that, hey, man, all we got to do is win. You see all the tension that we're getting? Like, that That has registered now. 
And uh, I think there's something that they couldn't fathom. They didn't understand that it could happen because of the light that shined upon us. And we're thankful for that. But these young men, they know now if, man, we just ball out, we're going to get the love that we desire. And that's all they want. They want attention, focus, and a little love and light. And I ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that, as long as they use it in the right way. And that's all they want. They want attention, focus, and a little love and light. And I ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that, as long as they use it in the right way. So that's Coach Prime, and he's, hey, soak it in. You've earned it. Bring it on Saturday. Nebraska, they have been focused and dialed in and trying to, to clean up, right? That's the theme today, fix what's fixable. Turnovers are fixable. And we can get into keys to the game all week because there's about 50 of them. There's about four that are real important. One of them's Jeff Sims. How's he respond? We'll get there next. Mitch Sherman joins us from The Athletic. Darian Hagan, next hour. Matt Chick on the way with Hale Varsity. It's that time. Hey, Mitch. Mitchie. Mitchie, Mitchie, Mitchie. We're looking for you, pal. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Talking Big Red. Unleash the fury, Mitch. Unleash the fury! On Hale Varsity Radio. Oh, yeah. Unleash the fury. It's Colorado, Nebraska week. We welcome in Mitch Sherman with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, what's up? Geared up for the Buffs and the Huskers. How you doing? Yeah, I'm getting geared up. It's uh, it's you know late start on the week with the holiday, but we uh, we kicked it into high gear and and I'm ready to uh, to get moving towards Saturday. Your reaction to to Rick George, Colorado AD, open to future home and homes? Would you like to see this game every year? I'd like to see it more than we have since Nebraska and Colorado departed ways as conference rivals you know i think every year that remains to be seen if that can be a possibility and mm-hmm. you know, i think trev alberts would probably go the same direction on that i'd like to see nebraska play a variety of non-conference opponents a variety of power five non-conference opponents and i don't know that it's realistic to expect that they're going to play multiple power five non-conference opponents every year so when oklahoma comes on the schedule and you have tennessee down the road and some of the former, soon-to-be former Pac-12 foes that have come on the schedule, th- those are enjoyable games. And, you know, Colorado absolutely is one that's at the top for Nebraska on, on the wish list. But it would be great to see Nebraska play Texas, mm-hmm. um, you know, some SEC programs. So I don't know about every year. I think that would maybe take a little bit of the intrigue away from it if they were on the schedule every year. But – I'd like to see Nebraska and Colorado continue to do this in the non-conference, yes. Mitch, whenever you say Nebraska, Texas, uh, maybe get them on the schedule, maybe some other SEC schools, are you referring to Bama? (laughs) No, I wasn't specifically referring to Bama. Uh, (laughs) Or Georgia, (laughs) Florida. But the SEC is is the the one to the Big Ten's 1A, and – I think it makes sense for schools in those two leagues as we move forward in college football into a 12-team playoff era, into a landscape that's dominated by those two leagues, for for schools from those conferences to meet up in the non-conference. And you don't see a ton of it. Uh, you know, Texas and Ohio State have 
have gotten together. You know, you've seen um, you've seen LSU and Wisconsin. Um, you know, Penn State has has ventured into the SEC in recent years, I believe. But yeah, I'd like to see more. I'd like to see some of that, and especially with Texas and OU moving into the SEC next year, they both make sense for Nebraska to be able to get on a future schedule. Now, I, Oklahoma, of course, we've done Texas. Uh, that may be a tall order, but you know, you, in this conversation, sitting here right now, we can just, we can dream about it. Whether it could it could actually happen, I don't know. Mitch Sherman with us here from the Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, uh, a lot of ground to cover with Nebraska, and turnovers are fixable. What are you asking Jeff Sims to do if you're the Nebraska offense Saturday? Avoid mistakes. Hold on to the football. Limit up opportunities for that for that potent Colorado offense. And not just potent, but quick strike. You know, Nebraska needs to win the tempo game on Saturday. That's a, that's a key to victory. If, if this is going to be a game that's played in the 30s and 40s, then Colorado has a, has a massive advantage. I mean, you saw their offense. You see the explosiveness of Travis Hunter and, and that group of wide receivers. Um, Dylan Edwards, the freshman running back from Kansas, Jadur Sanders. They, there are pieces in that Colorado offense that Nebraska just can't match. So to try to go toe-to-toe like TCU tried to do, wanted to do, you know, I don't think TCU expected that Colorado was going to be as complete an offensive team as it was. So the thought of TCU playing its brand of football, which is to go fast, it was a no-brainer. For Nebraska, whatever, whatever tempo Nebraska plans to play, this season, you may slow it down a notch or two on Saturday in this game. You saw, in part because of the clock, the new clock rules and in part because of the tempo that Nebraska and Minnesota both wanted to play last Thursday, you saw possessions limited. Nebraska had the ball just three times in the first half. That's the kind of game that it's going to want to get into with Colorado. You limit the touches that that CU offense gets, and it accomplishes two things. It, 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 it keeps points off the board, keeps the crowd out of the game, so three things. And you can start to work on getting that defense tired. That's an Achilles heel. That's a, that's a weakness. Apparently, what, what appears to be a weakness for this Colorado team is the overall defensive abilities. And I think Nebraska has an opportunity to be able to run the football and move the chains, get first downs, and take some time off the clock. Mitch, it's a bit of a, a chicken or the egg argument, but do you think there's going to be more pressure on Nebraska's offense to do what you laid out hold the ball for a while, get that time of possession up, keep Colorado's offense off the field. There's going to be more pressure on Nebraska's defense to try to slow down the the high-powered Colorado offense. And I know both things are probably true, and it's chicken or the egg in terms of that argument, but which which side of the ball do you think has more pressure on them on Saturday? After the way the first game went, I think the the offense has more pressure. You know, they've got to hold up their end of the deal. And this is not not the conversation that Matt Rule wants – this team to be thinking about it's not an offense versus defense thing in the locker room they want to play complementary football they want to be a team where the offense helps the defense and the defense helps the offense and the special teams plays into helping both facets of of the game but you know if you're asking me which which side of the ball has more pressure i think it's the offense because they, they failed to hold up their end of the deal in in the opener whereas the defense for the for the vast majority of that game i think they played above the level um, that people expected. And, and we went into it believing that the defense was quite a ways ahead of the offense. You know, I thought going into the opening game, and I'm, I'm, I may have said this to you, Schmitty, in, in Minnesota, 
that this is a team that can go as far as its defense takes them. And while that's true, it's also a team that can go as far as its off- offense allows them to go. And the offense can hold this team back. I, I think that was, that was evident in the opener. Four turnovers, you know, a failed uh, a failure to be able to score when you have the ball at the one-yard line at the end of the first half. You know, those, are, those are pretty significant uh, setbacks for, for a team that was already facing a lot of challenges in its first game of a regime against a program that was in year seven under P.J. Fleck. So um, that stuff right there is on the offense. You, know, you can't spin that as a team thing. And uh, you know, it's on the offense this week to fix a lot of that if it wants to have a shot to be able to walk out of Boulder at one and one Mitch, what's your reaction to some of the, the fan feedback you've gotten uh, you know, our listeners and callers and folks submitting in on the YouTube channel are they're, they're frustrated with how it went down and, oh, no, here you go again with, with a close loss. I kind of separate it because it's game one for a rule, but not necessarily for kids in the, in the locker room going through this again. But are you able to look at Minnesota and say, okay, you know, Coach Rules laid out some of the things that, that can be fixed and there, there's a lot of season left or – Man, do you think this is just a a tough situation from the uh, you know from the fire to the frying pan or however that saying goes? I screwed that up completely, but you get know what I'm saying. Now you're you could be staring at zero and two going to Boulder. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, my initial reaction on on Thursday night and, and into Friday, and I think this was probably a result of some of the stuff that I was hearing app right after the game. And the next morning, which was a lot of frustration and, you know, even even anger and disappointment. It has been a long 20 years for Nebraska fans. And I, you can't separate you can't separate the one game from the from the past. When when Matt Rule got into this thing, you know, he he, he took all of Nebraska and, and he's embraced the past. He's embraced the players that he inherited. And he's also inherited a lot of a lot of wounded psyches, both in, inside that locker room and among the fan base, which is a big part of what Nebraska football is. It's obviously the reason that Nebraska has a lot of the resources that it does, and, and, and really it's the one thing that this program hasn't lost in the past uh, seven or eight years, or you could even say in the last 20 years. It's lost a lot as far as its winning ways and the annual uh, bowl games to Miami and Phoenix. I mean, those are, lo- those are long in the past, but, but it's maintained that that steady level of, of fan support and loyalty. So with that, you know, you're going to have to take the good with the bad and fans were really frustrated. I got that. I certainly, you know, was feeling that in the aftermath of the game. And, and, you know, I, I think as a result took, you know, took the approach, uh, what, what you said there, Chris, that it's, it's game one. And you have to understand that, that, that they're, they're not coaching this thing um, like it's game 200 and that this, that this has been a struggle for a long time. And for them, it's game, and these coaches, it's game one. But as the days have gone on, you know, I think I've come to kind of, now that I didn't understand what the, how the fans felt uh, in the immediate aftermath, but I think I've kind of come to join them a little bit as I've gone through and watched this game again and looked at some of the opportunities that were left out there. It is really frustrating. And it's frustrating to, to for, from a Nebraska perspective, um, to think about some of the mistakes that it made that, that I think were really avoidable, um, both on the sideline and 
on the field. You know, there were things that it's 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 difficult to come to grips uh, with the fact that they have talked the way that they did. This is just one thing, but they had talked the way that they did all through the preseason and the off season about the running back group, and then you had the guy out there in the most critical moment of the game who has fumbled the ball and was called on it in preseason camp, while the, the, the other one, Gabe Irvin, who had a solid game statistically without a lot of opportunities, was watching from the sideline. So there's, gonna, there's a lot to learn from. And, uh, you know, my, my reaction, as I said, is, has been mixed, both, you know, understanding how the fans feel, but, but also tempered with the fact that you have to recognize that this is game one for these coaches. Mitch, is it fair to say here with our last about 60 seconds before we say goodbye that no matter what happens on Saturday, Husker fans will overreact in one way, shape, or form? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If Nebraska goes to Colorado and wins, then it's – which is entirely possible because we've overreacted to week one, both, I think, well, all over the country. But in terms of these two games, these are two of, two of the games that probably generated the biggest overreactions out there, uh, Nebraska at Minnesota and Colorado at TCU. They're, they're, these teams are, are probably going to be both up and down throughout the season. And uh, you saw the directions that they, that they are headed coming out of week one. That's no guarantee that either one of those will, teams will go in that direction in week two. So, um, yeah, it's going to generate more overreaction. That's just the nature of it. That's, that's football, and, and especially with these first-year coaches where you don't necessarily know what you have and if, if it looks different week to week. Mitch Sherman, read him with The Athletic, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, fun to chat. We'll uh, see you out in Boulder. Thanks for the time today. All right, thanks, guys. There he is, Mitch Sherman. Good to spend time with him. And uh, get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity Radio. The spot to be Saturday in Boulder. Blur. We'll talk to Stacy uh, Darian Hagan next hour. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out, Colorado, Nebraska week. Hale Varsity Radio, going to be happy to be out at Boulder in the Husker Hospitality Tailgate, September 9th. Blur Tailgate, if you went back in 2019, hey, it, it helped you get through that overtime loss. But it was awesome before and during for much of it. We say hi to Stacy with Blur parties and Stacy you're just well I'll just say you're a professional at throwing great parties and setups and you've been doing it forever with Nebraska football with College World Series good to talk to you again we're excited for Saturday how are you good to talk to you yeah thanks for having me on yeah we're we're getting ready excited for uh, Saturday too we're leaving bright and early tomorrow morning to head that way to start yeah setting up the party as you would say yeah I mean (laughs) setting up the party and You've been a part of it with just the the aura around Nebraska, Colorado, and mm-hmm. 2019 was 2019. What do you anticipate for 2023? That's a good question. For us, it's always kind of the last few days before we'll really start feeling it. Right now, I feel some good good energy. There's a lot of, you know, I think a lot of folks that want to come and ex- enjoy the experience in the day. Um, no matter, you know, what the outcome might be. So I think you know, the weather's going to be great. I think people are, they're ready to get out. I think it'll be a good day. Stacy is joining us. Stacy Letters with Blur Parties. Blurparties.com is where you can log on. If you're headed that way to Nebraska, Colorado, this is where you got to be. And Stacy, give us some details about the, the Blur tailgate, the Blur Party setup. I mean, yes, there's 
all sorts of TVs, including one giant one. Yes, there's ways to hydrate in that altitude, but there's mm-hmm. there's plenty of events going on too, correct? Yeah. So, yeah, no, good question. So we'll be open that whole day from 7 a.m. till 5. And, yeah, we've got the uh, permission to be an official watch site. So, you know, 2019, we had about 1,500 people stay and watch the game with us. Mm-hmm. So lots of different viewing areas. We've got, you know, you guys broadcasting live, which will be fun. We've got some former players. Dig rid of the Rockies. We'll be selling some apparel. I think Tommy's going to be there signing some autographs. But then we have a lot of other former players coming as well. Um, Runza will be with Ooh. us again, selling Runzas. Taste of home. Uh, which- <laughs> Yeah, a zipline beer. You know, we got zipline beer this time, too. So those folks that have left Nebraska and are itching to have a, a copper alt or a dear old Nebraska beer, they can indulge in that as well. So we have a variety of things going on, giving out, you know, free koozies and sunscreen for everybody that's coming in and uh, hoping to make it a, you know, exciting day. So, Stacy, folks right now are like, okay, we're going to Boulder. We're going to go, we're going to yeah. go see Nebraska, Colorado. How do they get in touch with you? How do they get signed up so they can get the Blur Party Passes? Absolutely. So they can go to uh, BlurEvents.com, and you can go to our Boulder page, and that Boulder page will have all the great information, details you need, even FAQs, and you can buy the tickets right there online. We do suggest, you know, last time we sold out before we opened, ideally, you know, you grab those before the day of. Um, but yeah, they just go online and follow us on Facebook too. We'll be posting daily about uh, our travels and everything going to be going on out there. Now, Stacy, for people who do end up outside the Embassy Suites courtyard and and think they maybe want to get, in, is there a chance that there's going to be walk up tickets available on Saturday? There is a chance if we do if we don't sell out at our capacity that we've negotiated with the hotel. Um, we will be open to the public, so yes, they will be able to buy at the door. They are ten dollars more at the door. We won't be shutting those sales off online. So even the day of, if they want to save that $10, they can still buy them ahead of time before they show up at the gate. Stacy, you mentioned uh, friends from Runs are going to be there. Friends from Zipline going to be there. Uh, Earl Boys from the Big Red of the Rockies. Uh, Novotin Company yep. going to be there and a lot of former Huskers. So it is a, a true Big Red invasion with uh, thousands of your closest friends. And you've got it going to to get going early in the morning. And then, I mean, it's a place to be after the ball game, correct? I mean, you guys are open for a while afterwards. It is. It is. And I forgot to mention, Colorado, Coloradoans for Nebraska are going to join us, too. So a lot of those alumni out in Colorado will be partying with us. But, um, yeah, all day. So in the morning, we're going to have Bloody Marys. We'll have... Screwdrivers on the bar. We'll have uh, the, the hotel have some breakfast burritos. So you can grab your breakfast or your early drinks. Um, but we'll have the full bar will be open as well. And so even if you leave and go to the game, you're welcome. Your pass gets you in and out all day. There's no reentry fee. So you can come in and out all day and uh, with food options all day as well. That is outstanding. Stacy Letters with us. Blur Parties, blurparties.com is where you log on. Get the uh, the tailgate tickets for Saturday Blur Parties in Boulder. Back again. All right, ready for Nebraska, Colorado. Stacy, excited to, to see you Saturday as we'll be broadcasting pre and post game Hail Varsity Radio Roadshow. Excited for that. Just so super happy that you're you're having us out again. And thanks for a few minutes today. Absolutely. Thank you. We're excited to see you in a few days. All right. So, good. And stuff. everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Stacy. Thanks again. Thanks, Chris. Yep. Thank you.
All right, good to hear from Stacy. Get uh, locked in with Blur, as we love uh, catching up with them. They've been awesome to us uh, for so many years with the CWS and spots, of course. Uh, you know, they had their spot uh, there under the viaduct, typically, is oh, yeah. where they've been set up for years for, for home footballs, football Saturdays. And they're just good stuff, man. They're good folks, great people. They are professional party planners. I mean, they set it up, and yeah, I won't ever forget the 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 swing pass to Maurice Washington. Mm-hmm. I had huffed and puffed and wheezed all my way home from the from the from the press box in Boulder to get set up for the post game show and at that point Nebraska was still okay and uh, they took the lead with Adrian to, to Maurice. He goes 75 yards down the sideline and the place erupts. It explodes. Beers being spilled everywhere, hugs, high fives. And and even as the game stayed tight and Colorado made some plays and then Nebraska didn't get it done in overtime, 34-31, there was uh, hugs and consoling going on <laughs> between Nebraska fans and, most importantly, hydration for you, mm. which is key. Are you fired up? I mean, about you're, Boulder? I know you're fired up about Boulder, but I'm saying going to Blur, baby. I mean, we're going to keep each other. It's all about accountability. Coach Prime's huge on accountability. Coach Rule's huge on accountability. You and I will will hold one another accountable between screwdrivers, orange beers, red beers, Bloody Marys. Go look for the Irish coffee. That's that's how you get the morning started. (laughs) (laughs) The Irish coffee. Limit me to one. Limit me to one. So do I need to just make sure we get a breathalyzer before we jump on at 6 a.m.? No, 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 no. It'll be near the back end of the postgame show. It'll be professional. (laughs) Well, depending on the result. Depending on the result. Check, check, like... Once we get like an hour into the post game show, that's when you'll check on me. You'll be all right. I think you will be too. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm there to, to, to work. Well, so am I. No, I know. <laughs> what are you saying? I know you're there to work. I, I, I know that, but I'm saying we'll, uh, we'll be locked in to, to keep the content high level and high brow. I'm but sure. After the post game show, all bets are off. <laughs> well, I'm just putting that money down right now. Four eight nine twelve forty. Four eight nine twelve forty. You want to sneak in? Before the top of the hour, Matt Schick going to join us, ESPNU, ESPN, Sirius XM, and uh, Mr. Schick, of course, with the Schick and Nick podcast. He is a buff, married to a Husker. How's that shaking out this week? And uh, what's he think of Nebraska and, uh, of course, Colorado? That matchup, former buff legend, Darian Hagan, next hour, the mother of all recruiting stories that came down to Nebraska, Colorado. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. High offense last segment by one Elijah Herbal, implying that I don't think he's there to work. I think he's there to party. No, I'm, I'm there to talk whenever you point at me. And, and enjoy them... Uh, what, Tasty Waves and a Cold Beer? I edited that. Spicoli fans, forgive me there. Reminder about your friends at Dyer Law with personal injury. And don't be getting hurt. All right. Workers' comp, personal injury, Elijah. When you're on, on the scene, on site for, for road shows, 
Fridays. Is a brawl with Colorado fans. Does that fall under workplace comp? I do not know. But, uh, listen, Dyer Law can, can probably advise you on that with either personal injury or workers' comp. Confused about the best option for your workers' compensation claim? Put your trust in the team at Dyer Law. Help ensure that your rights are protected and you get the settlement you deserve. Call Dyer Law today, 402-393-7529 or visit Dyer.Law and chat with a trusted professional about your workers' compensation claim. Elijah, it's Dyer.Law. That's Dyer.Law, 402-393-7529. So Ethan Piper uh, was in front of the media today. A handful of players met uh, some offense, some defense. Uh, Jeff Sims tomorrow before the coordinators. And, you know, you mentioned the situation with Piper, and we talked about, you know, business or personal, right? And and here is Ethan Piper looking forward to the matchup against Colorado. I just stay off my phone. <laughs> I, I don't look at anything that anybody's saying about, against us. No, I'm not looking at anything that – um, the TV. I watch the games. Um, I don't even. I, we'd put the TV on mute because we're not even going to listen to the announcers because it doesn't matter what, what's being said. The film speaks for itself. So um, you just gotta. I always look at coming into games like this. We just gotta look at it as like a high school game. Like you're just gonna go out there and play with the boys. So. So blocking out the noise, useful for both, right? Very useful for both. All the hype for. And love Colorado is number 25 in the country. And then Nebraska, the sky is falling because you lost to Minnesota. More uh, from Saturday. It's about Nebraska, not about Colorado. Ethan Piper. One thing I liked about Dion, he always says it's about us. And that's the same th- same mindset we have. Um, like, you could get lost in um, the hype. You could get lost in rivalry. You could get lost in, like, we have two new head coaches playing against each other. But at the end of the day, it's all about us. We just we control what we can control, and the outcome from there is going to uh, play itself out. So, so I mean, the storylines are the emergence, reemergence of Colorado so soon under Coach Prime, the wow, the flip he's done, his Louis, and then there's Matt Rule, where Nebraska is uh, also in a building phase. You know, what's the timeline there? It's It's been accelerated through one game in Colorado. Uh, more on Nebraska-Colorado as it is Husker Buff Week. Mitch Sherman was with us in Hour 1. We'll get things kicked off with Matt Schick. Is Schick a buff? Uh, you know him from ESPN and Sirius XM, the Schick and Nick podcast. And then buff legend Darian Hagan on the Nebraska-Colorado rivalry. And matchup Saturday, hour two on the way with Hale Varsity. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402 489 1240 or 1 800 825 5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back into it at Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. We welcome in with ESPN, ESPNU, the Schick and Nick podcast. And I'm not sure if he's wearing uh, buff shades or a hat, Matt Schick with us. 
How are we doing this week, Colorado, Nebraska, Matt? Very interesting week. It's uh, certainly some mixed emotions about it, but uh, you know, I'd rather be on the Colorado side than the Nebraska side. Certainly coming into this, I've uh, had many a conversation and, and quite a mean look from my lovely bride Kelly, who is not looking forward to Saturday. I think she's thankful she's not going to be at the stadium itself, but she's she's really hoping God is a sports fan and hoping God answers her prayers. So it's a very interesting week here in the Shake household. I was going to say, uh, yeah, the in-laws, Mama Bear, I mean, it's, yeah, you uh, got a lot to smile about. What a win against TCU. Uh, Prime and his locker room were believers. Did you think it could happen last Saturday? No, I, I didn't. I thought uh, I was actually texting with my buddies who went to Colorado with me, and I just said I'd I kind of wish today was going to be a two-quarter game because I feel like Colorado's going to win a lot of two-quarter games. And uh, wouldn't you know it, they were up at the half. And uh, just simply because of their depth, um, and, you know, it's almost a perfect recipe And with Kendall Bryles and wanting to run fast and the same thing with Colorado. It was almost a good recipe for Colorado to say, look, the defense isn't necessarily going to win this game if we can get a stop or two or maybe a turnover or two great, which they did. But it was going to be a score fest, and it, and it was going to be a you can get into a rhythm because you're going to get a lot of possessions, and you're going to get um, uh, you're going to get a chance to to feel out your offense a little bit. And, and boy, did they ever! I mean, first drive, they forced TCU with a three and out, and then they first drive, they go down and get a touchdown, and kind of set the tone from the beginning. But I I thought they'd hang in there, and I thought TCU would win by a touchdown or more, and. You know, it gets to the fourth quarter, and you go, well, you, you better win this game because what a waste it would be to have that kind of effort and, uh, and lose to TCU. So it was, it was good. But I, don't, I also don't want to fall into the, you know, the headlines of are they a playoff contender, are they a Pac-12 contender. I think the answers to those are emphatically no. But at the same time, they're 1-0, and it's, uh, it's a good place to be. Flip it around, Nebraska-Minnesota. We were up in Minneapolis for it, and, you know, same result – but that similar result the last 14 games uh, feels like for the fan base uh, just to, you know, to be continued, that was continued opposed to, all right, a tough loss with uh, a new staff, a new quarterback. Yeah, same thing. Groundhog Day, it feels different. It, it, the look of it was a little different in that uh, it felt like there was a toughness to the team. Um, a clear-mindedness to the team as, as the game went on, but it was uh, truly, in the end, um, it felt like uh, a very Frostian type of performance in that fourth quarter. And, you know, when Matt Rule comes out afterwards and says there are no close losses, the reason he says that is because he's being Husker fans' therapist at that point because he knows what they're thinking. He's immersed himself in their way of thinking for the last nine months. He knows the ins and outs of the program. He knows the history, both recent past and distant past, and the uh, the great tradition of the past and the boldest tradition of the recent past. So he's, he gets it. So he says that uh, because he knows what they're thinking. And, um, you know, frankly, there were a lot of things toward the end of that game that make you scratch your head, some things that could have been controlled by the coaches, some things that are left up to fate, but – uh, the same thing bit him in the end and staring down the barrel of an 0-2 start, which would not be optimal. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that 0-2 start. As a as a Buffs guy, 
How did the end of that game make you feel about what's coming on Saturday? I, I think uh, for, for the Colorado side of this and, and beating TCU, my initial thought was uh, I would almost like Colorado's chances more if they had a narrow loss to TCU uh, than, than the way that they won the game. Because, I mean, frankly, coaches will tell you, and we've asked coaches this many times, you know, handling a tough loss can almost be equally as, as challenging as handling a really emotional win. And it felt like Colorado won a national championship, and all they did was beat a currently unranked team. So, um, but, but it, was, it was an emphatic statement. It provided a lot of validity to what Dion is doing. Yet at the same time, you've got a bunch of uh, transfers, a bunch of new guys that are experiencing everything for the first time. They're getting passed on the back. Three Heismans have been handed out to Colorado's locker room already. First take is leading with Colorado. I mean, they're getting more airtime in the last 72 hours than they had in the last 72 months. And it's all being condensed. It's like what's going on at the Burning Man. Three months of rain in one day. It's like, okay, we got problems here. And so uh, how do they handle it? How do you handle the prosperity? For Nebraska, I mean, you go into this game now expected to lose, not expecting, but expected to lose, could get run off the field by some people's prognostications. And if you're Matt Rule, this is a good place to be from the neck up. Um, all the pressure's off them. I'd rather walk in as a three-point dog than a seven-point favorite and, um, and all of the media attention. Now, frankly, that's what TCU could have used last week. They didn't get any media attention. They were overlooked, and they still lost. So we'll see what happens, but I, I think this is a classic four-quarter game. Maybe Colorado stumbles out of the gate because they're a little too high and mighty out of themselves. Maybe Nebraska takes an early lead. It goes down to the fourth quarter, and Colorado comes out with the win. But there aren't really any outcomes outside of a Nebraska two-touchdown win that would surprise me. So when we talk about the prime effect, the, the persona, and, and I thought Coach Rule nailed it, in his presser yesterday, just that, that he's a football guy. And and Dion's brought the flash and the hype, but deep down, Chick, he's done a great job of, of being a pretty tough throwback coach and and accumulating the talent. Um, when we talk about Coach Prime and, and some of the, the talent, you've seen uh, Hunter, you've seen Edwards, you've seen, you know, Shador. Uh, is it... Um, something that can be sustained over an entire season. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but do you like this team being, uh, you know, bowl-worthy at a minimum here? Do you think they can, can use this springboard and, uh, and, and really kind of flip things around? It's hard not to peg them now as a team that can contend for a bowl. I think their over-under win total was around three and a half when the season started mm-hmm. and everyone's taken the under. In fact, I said, if they win four games, I said preseason, if they win four games, Dion did a good job. Now he would never say that, but they did a good job. I look at the, I look at the FPI for ESPN, which was just updated early this morning. And they're still projected to win four games. Um, they are still FPI projects them to lose this weekend, which is odd. Uh, but Colorado state, at Arizona State and home against Stanford are the three games they're projected to win. Uh, my guess would be they get to around five. Uh, I still think a bowl game is a high benchmark to eclipse. But I think if, if anything with Colorado, they've got, you know, 
we know some of the talent that they have. Like you said, is it sustainable? They got the front line talent. Um, can Travis Hunter play 115 snaps again? Can he do it? Uh, uh, you know, for three straight weeks. I I don't know the answer to that. He's probably one of one, and he probably wants to do it. But uh, at the same time, it's a little easier to do what you're doing when it's week one and no one's got any film on you. And now Nebraska's got film. Everyone else will understand, okay, this is what they like to do. They want to run up-tempo, which we knew, but now we know how good and fast these guys are, and uh, and we can maybe workshop against it here. But uh, I, w- I would say, you know, five, six wins would probably be the goal at this point. And Dion, for Dion, it's probably 12-0. and 0. Uh, That's his goal, and anything short of that would be a disappointment. But I also think we need to recalibrate like we did last night. How good's Clemson? All right, well. Um, not not as good as we maybe anticipated. How good's TCU? Well, three starters back on defense that wasn't very good and a lot of smoke and mirrors last year. So you learn more as the games go on, and, and we'll learn a lot more this week. So Matt Schick with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Matt, you mentioned how Colorado, that up-tempo offense, Matt Rule mentioned it a couple times in Nebraska, using your your environment to your advantage and playing at altitude and playing at tempo. That's an advantage for Colorado. And, and tell me, being a guy that, that went to college at CU in Boulder, you a fan of running at altitude? Is that, is that your thing? Let me tell you, I ran, I visited there over the summer, visited family for a week, and I went for a run two or three times during the week. And, you know, you think you're running at a pretty good pace, and then you realize you're half dead uh, because you just, <laughs> it, it's really hard, it's really hard to breathe. Um, I, that, that's going to be interesting for. Nebraska. I don't know how that, and maybe that helped Colorado, you know, going to Texas, just the, the, some of the high altitude training they're able to do, and then they go into the heat, and it doesn't really affect them because they're long. I, I don't know the science behind it, but uh, I would I would anticipate it being somewhat of an advantage, you know, as you get laid into a game, but all things being equal, I mean, the, the way this game is played, I mean, uh, frankly, this is, a, this is a game where Nebraska isn't going to want to run uh, too many plays. Isn't going to want to run up tempo, and is going to want to sit on the ball a little bit, and and hopefully they can take the air out of the ball. And by that I mean like, you know, run the ball thirty five, forty times, and throw the ball like twelve to fifteen times at the most. Chick, is there a household wager between you and the misses? It's a really good question. I thought a lot about that. I've been asked that a couple times. Um, I, I would say for. Uh, for here, it's more like if I win, like if Colorado wins this game, it's less of a wager and more of a I might be having to look for a different place to live for a little while. <laughs> um, if Nebraska wins, happy wife, happy life. So I, I really can't lose in this instance because, you know, would I rather win and her be miserable for a few days? Absolutely. But if that doesn't happen, if the flip side happens, She'll at least be happy, and uh, you know maybe, you know maybe we'll get a good home cooked meal for once. No, I'm just kidding. Honey. I'm just kidding. It's all it's all good. But, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm just it's all it's all a joke for radio purposes. No, but we're uh, it's it's really a war with the kids right now. It's a war with like Beckett, my youngest today. We we're talking about the game. He's eight years old, and he's like saying, "Go Buffs." And my wife's like, what are you doing? And she, he goes, I want to root for the team that I think is going to win. I go, yeah. And he's wearing a Patrick Mahomes shirt on right now. Like, he's, like this kid's a front runner. And these kids do not remember. Like, my oldest Cullen said to me today or yesterday, I, I can't 
remember, I, was Nebraska any good? I don't remember that. And so the fact that you can have Colorado, which has been awful, a dumpster fire for the last 20 years, now being perceived as the cooler program, that's shameful. Um, and if you're Nebraska, that's got to stop. Your Nebraska-Colorado moment before we say goodbye. My favorite? Yeah, well, just one that, that is burned into your uh, your mind as a, as a yeah. buff, but that you know the rivalry. Yeah, the first one that comes to mind, this would have been 2000, November 2000. I was just I just started dating my now wife at that time. And um, and I visited her in Nebraska, and we went to the Nebraska Colorado game, and Colorado was I think three and eight going into the game, so they weren't going to a bowl. But I was like, hey, this is the game, let's go. It's my first time going to Nebraska uh, for a football game, and uh, Colorado's up. They go for too late. I can't remember who it was. Javon Green um, caught it. There it is. Yep. So they get the two point conversion, and then. Fans are starting to file out at Memorial Stadium. And Kelly, my girlfriend at the time, goes, let's go. And I go, hold on a second. I go, we don't know how to win games like this. You're leaving already? Like, there's less than a minute to go and you're leaving? Because, yeah, I don't want to be here for this. I said, I would just, like, let's just stay. And then Colorado squibs it. And then Nebraska takes it. And then one pass down the field to Bobby Newcomb, I believe. And then Josh Brown splits the uprights. And I walk out of there. And she was reminding me of this to this day uh, a couple of days ago, saying, I remember you walking ahead of me by like 10 feet, not wanting to walk next to me as you left the stadium. And I can remember Nebraska fans patting me on the back as I left going, good game, good try, good game. And part of me was like, yeah, these fans are so nice. And the other part of me was like, these fans are cruel. Like that's that's like half-hearted sympathy claps uh, right there. And then I got to meet my wife's extended family after the game. And they were all red clad and all excited about their win against Colorado. So that was that was my first experience going to a game in Nebraska. And uh, Colorado finished the year three and nine. And uh, God bless us all. You going to be there Saturday? I wish. I wish I was going to be there. No radio. I've got radio here on the home front, but not. Uh, we're not going on the road. So I'm going to be watching on the TV. My brother's going to be there. He just sent me a screen grab of his ticket last night that he purchased for a not-so-nominal fee. And uh, I think it's going to be just so crazy that it's probably best to just watch that TV. Well, okay. have him swing by the old Hale Varsity booth uh, at the uh, the Nebraska watch party. So, Where are you going to be? We're, uh, where the blur parties are at, uh, and I think that's kind of the, the Embassy Suites kind of courtyard region. I don't have an address okay. on me. Okay. But, uh, right. yeah, we're, uh, we're packing up and heading out Thursday, so... Do you switch your license plates at the border, or do you keep the Nebraska plate? Here's the, tr- on here's the trick. I got something special, Matt. See, I got the Nebraska license plate, but I'm also a Broncos fan, so my license plate holder is a Denver Broncos <laughs> license plate holder. I'm hoping that gets me by. There it is. Yeah. Just put up, you know, get a flag that says Dave Logan for president or something <laughs> like that. Something Colorado-y as you're flying through there. Don't so touch this fly. one. <laughs> <laughs> go to the next one. Matt Schick with us. Matt, appreciate you much. Thanks for the time today. All right, guys. Have a great, great week. I wish I could be out there. It's going to be fun. These traditions, uh, it's good to see this one still alive. They should play every year, but uh, enjoy, boys. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio.
Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It is Nebraska, Colorado week, and a Hall of Fame buff that uh, really elevated this rivalry. Uh, won a national championship with Colorado. The great quarterback, Darian Hagan, with us. Coach, it's been a while, I think 2019, since we last chatted. But uh, hey, the Nebraska Colorado game back on the schedule and uh, mm-hmm. big things this week. How's your week been? How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, it's uh, the week is always it's uh, accelerated and it's hyped up. You know, anytime we play against Nebraska, so you know the kids around here right now got the chest pumped out, and you know I think today's practice was a really good practice, and you know everybody's fired up. Let's talk about the 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 hype part of this we'll get to all you've seen and been a part of but mm-hmm. uh you know you were able to to experience that with Colorado's rise uh in the in the late 80s mm-hmm. and and you're seeing what's going on now with coach prime how how did you deal with uh, the the hype and how do you see this team handling the the national spotlight this week well how i dealt with the with the hype was my coaches didn't. They didn't allow me to get overhyped. You know, they kept me at an even keel, and you know, you know, we knew what what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it. But we we were also, you know, coached up not to, you know, not to talk bad about your opponent, not to give your opponent any information. You know, um, you know, with the way that these guys are, are doing it right now, I think it's uh, it's brilliant how they're doing everything, how they're handling the guys. You know, I think the guys are they're excited. You know, they, they really don't know, you know, what the the rivalry uh, means to both programs. But, you know, I think that, you know, once they get on that football field on Saturday, you can't run from it. So I think it's going to be it's going to be eye opening at the same time. You know, uh, you know, you got two competitive teams out there, two competitive head coaches and assistant coaches that are that are eager to, to you know, one team to get a victory and another team to keep winning. Darian Hagan with us, Sale Varsity Radio, Nebraska, Colorado Week. And, and Coach, I, I'm interested to, to get your thought heading in. Uh, let, let's rewind a minute. Let's rewind back to uh, a week ago uh, on Tuesday as you guys are getting ready for TCU. Coach mm-hmm. Prime was talking about uh, believers and non-believers. How did you feel going into this first game for Colorado at TCU? Ranked opponent, national runner-up. A lot of question marks on the outside mm-hmm. about CU. Uh, what what were your thoughts going in about the game? Well, I'm a I'm a buff, you know, through and through. So I'm always expecting the best. I'm always expecting us to, you know, be in there, be in there, in the running for championships and bowl games and things of that nature. You know, so I really wasn't. I was buying everything he was saying because you know I'm a, I'm an alum. I, I was I played on the football team and you know I coach here football team and. You know, so I'm always think the best, and you know, I think I was drinking the Kool Aid, you know, just like everybody else. But uh, you know, it, I don't think as a former player I could let any type of doubt or any type of uh, you know uh, backtrack in in my mind fall back into you know into a, a, my thinking of you know they weren't going to be any good because then I wouldn't be I wouldn't be above. It's Darian Hagen with us here on Hale Varsity Radio and. Coach, whenever you, you think to, to Colorado football as a whole, 
I mean, I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it just about everywhere online, just how much excitement there is in the whole state of Colorado for this Buffs mm-hmm. program. And I, I want you to fill in the blank for me. This is the most hype there's been around college around Colorado since dot, dot, dot. This is the most hype been around Colorado since Bill McCartney led the Buffs, I would say, uh, you know, from 1989 until he retired in 1994. You know, I think the the excitement is, is, is big time and is uh is warranted. You know, these guys are you know, they they gave up a lot to get here, um, you know, because they left other places that they were well liked as well. You know, so I think that, you know, Coach Prime what he's done is, you know, just like Coach McCarthy, he's able to get men to play you know, play for each other and, and to give it their all. Darian Hagan, a few minutes with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Let's go back to your decision about Colorado and mm-hmm. how how tight was that recruiting race between Nebraska and Colorado or were there any other teams were how many other teams were you considering well um, I, I was considering uh, Oklahoma I was considering Washington and uh, Arizona um, Washington was going to pretty much make me a tailback but they said in go live situations I could be an option quarterback and Arizona was the option team, CU, obviously Nebraska, and uh, Oklahoma. Um, so what it came down to, in in all actuality, um, it came down to Colorado and Nebraska for for three three simple reasons. I, I had a jerry curl. Okay, it was too hot in Arizona, so I, I couldn't go swimming. And then in in, in uh, Arizona. I mean, in Washington, it rained in my entire trip. So I was like, no, nah, I can't. I can't come here, you know, because you can't mess up your perm, your process. <laughs> so I was trying to I was trying to protect the, protect my head. But in all actuality, it came down to CU in Nebraska. And I picked CU over Nebraska for one simple reason. Coach Mack was in my house, and he said, uh, what neighborhood do you live in? And I said, I live in a, a crip neighborhood. And he looks at my mom and he said, Mom, he can't go to Nebraska. They wear red. When he comes home, they're going to try to kill him. And me, my mom and I looked at each other and we like, we didn't even think about that. He can't wear red around here. And I picked Colorado. So, legit, it was, uh, I'm not doubting the Crip neighborhood or mm-hmm. the fear of that, but that was, that was his actual honest-to-God response? Yep. That's the first thing that came out of his mouth when he said, "He said, what neighborhood is this?'" And I said, "It's, uh, it's the Crip neighborhood." And he can't go there. They're gonna they're gonna try to kill him. So and we and when I was growing up in L.A. at the time, gangs were prominent. It was it was uh, soon. He said that fear fear went right through me. So he he won mom over and he won you over and the rest is is buff history for a national championship who recruited you for nebraska george darlington okay we coach george always show, we see george a lot in our studio so he's oh, uh, really? still rocking hawaiian t-shirts man yeah <laughs> tell him i said hi i will coach coach darlington's the best but... and george darlington didn't let you know that there are black cusker t-shirts yeah, you can wear you can wear you can wear, you can wear black or gray or or, it or white. Have to be red. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think when when I was coming up, they I think they they were 
all red and red and white. They didn't have all the option uniforms that they have now. <laughs> the old Oregon uh, wardrobe, right? <laughs> right, right. So, okay. So I, but, but when they told me that, I was like, oh, no, I can't go to school there. Wow. But I do, I had a, I'm very fond of Coach Darlington for his efforts and things that he tried to get me to, uh, you know, attend Nebraska. And then Coach McBride, just a, he's a big-time, you know, guy that, I really, really, you know, look forward to talking to and seeing every time I get a chance to. Well, Coach McBride talked to him this morning, and, and he's fired up for the ball game. And uh, he's he, awesome. he went to Colorado and, of course, did, right. did great things at Nebraska. But Darian Hagan with us. We're taking a trip down memory lane, Nebraska-Colorado week. So you mentioned you had the, the, the hairdo going. And <laughs> how long before you shaved it? Because every time you were on TV, you had it uh, tied up top. Right. Well, I once I got to, to uh, Colorado, I couldn't find anybody who who uh, did jerry curls, you know, especially in Boulder. And I I didn't have a car to get to Denver, so I was like, well, I just I need to start cutting it. So I cut I cut around the you know the bottom and I cut around the sides and the and the back, and then it started looking terrible. And I was like, no, nah, forget this. I I can't be looking like you know a, a scrub. So I, I got uh, one of our D linemen who was our, who cut everybody's hair, Art Walker, and he uh, he cut my hair and you know and every ever since then you know it's just been short and you know now it's just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, now it's just skin on top. It's just time for a hat, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Darian Hagen's with us. So, what what moment? Did you have ultimate buy-in? What was your proof of concept game at Colorado? Proof of concept game, um, I would say my very first start, we played against Texas. You know, my sophomore, my freshman year was awful because I, I was a kid that, you know, coming from the high school I came from in L.A., we really didn't watch a lot of film, really didn't have any kind of study habits. So once they, when they threw me in the game, it was all about, natural ability, God-given talent. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And then when uh, Sal and Nessie got sick and Coach Barnett told me I was going to be the uh, you know starting quarterback, then I started to doing everything in my power to learn the offense, you know, gain the respect of my teammates. And I did that, you know. And that first game against uh, Texas, you know, everything just slowed down. It was like I was watching – I was watching the – you know, the video of, of us against Texas, and I wasn't out there really playing. But I could, I could see what they were trying to do. I, I understood what they were trying to do. And that's when I became a firm believer in Coach Barnett, his tactics, his coaching style, and his his, his uh, mentality. So, you know, it was uh, – I think him and I, you know, was a, was a perfect match in heaven. And you say how you had your proof of concept game against Texas, your first start. Do you think that the guys in this current roster, that the guys like Shadur Sanders and the guys like Travis Hunter, did they just have their proof of concept game in their first start against Texas Christian? Absolutely, because you know when you go against you know your 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 brothers every day in practice, you know, and you are really not going against different competition. You're just going against your brothers all the time. Sometimes you're winning, sometimes you're not. You kind of have a little doubt, like is the offense going to work? The offensive line may not be blocking all the time, you know. You know, successfully, you know, guys dropping balls and things like that. And then when you get in the game, you're going up against you know a different opponent, 
and everything that we, you do was clicking on offense, then you get you get your you get your beliefs, and you're like, oh, okay, this really does work. And now when you go out to practice, you know, the following week after a victory, anything any coach says, you're going to do it because proof's in the pudding. A few more minutes. Darian Hagan joining us, Nebraska, Colorado Week, Hale Varsity Radio. So that was pretty phenomenal. The Jerry Curl didn't want to mess my hair up. Uh, so Seattle was out. The Washington Huskies split a national championship in 91. And Nebraska and Bill McCartney right in it till the end. And, well, you're in a crip neighborhood, so you can't wear red. They'll kill you was the recruiting pitch that, well, scared Darian and his mom. We'll have some more thoughts from Darian Hagan. Hale Varsity continues Colorado-Nebraska week with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Darian Higgins with us, Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes with the Buff Great Nebraska Colorado Week. So the the word hate is often associated with Nebraska Colorado, the rivalry for for years, Big Eight, Big Twelve, and uh, the the home and homes have been fun. I hope they continue. Uh, I'd love to see Nebraska Colorado open the year. Nebraska ends the year with Iowa. I think it'd be awesome. Who knows what college football is going to look like and four years, let alone two, uh, with right. uh, all the conference expansion and retraction. What do you believe about the rivalry, player-to-player, guys you knew mm-hmm. and, and were, were friends with, presumably, uh, mm-hmm. on, on the Nebraska roster versus the, the, the fan optics of it really being a nasty uh, rivalry? What, what do you believe about what Nebraska-Colorado is? I think it's more hyped up you know, with the fans because – Coach McCartney didn't, he never preached hate, and Coach Osborne never preached hate. We had a mutual respect for both, you know, uh, Nebraska had a mutual respect for us, and we had a mutual respect for Nebraska. And when we hit the football field, it was all about competition, and it was all about, you know, trying to win the ball game, but it was nothing to do with any type of hatred or anything like that. It wasn't really a lot of, you know, talking talking trash or anything like that. I remember my, my first time against them, it was one guy that was a trash talker, and he knows. He knows. Uh, every time I see him, I try to get it back to him. Even to this day, it was uh, Mike Petko, <laughs> middle linebacker <laughs> number ninety nine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you no, know, he was he was a trash talker. But in all actuality, when the game when the game was over and it was decided, you know, everybody went up to each other and we, we shook hands and gave. We, and some of us gave a big hug, and you know, it, it was it was big time. You know, like today, I'm I'm really good friends with Tyrell Hughes. I'm good friends with uh, with uh, Will Height. You know, so it's it's some it's some it's some love in there as well. But this, I think, is really the the fans that are you know wanting to you know create the animosity, but it's none. What do you expect Saturday? How much red in the stands? I don't know. I, I can tell you this: the last time we played here, it was it was it was way way too much red in the stands. And we've tried to make an emphasis with the fans, you know, to not to sell tickets, keep your, keep your tickets and show your, show your true, you know, buff colors, buff nation by, by, you know, not selling them to Nebraska fans and coming here and, and just rooting, rooting for the buffs. And I, hopefully I think that, 
they they got the message and the way we played on Saturday and the hype that you know circling the program right now I I think that our fans are going to want to see it in their own in their own right and on you know with their own eyes to see if they are true believers. What do you expect from Nebraska specifically what what's what's your initial look at Nebraska impressions? Well, I know this. Yeah, they lost a, a hard-fought game. I know that Coach Rule is going to make sure that these guys are, you know, coming out and they're going to try to play, you know, play mistake-free football. And these guys it look like these guys are run through a wall for him. So I think that, uh, you know, with with the guys that we have, it's going to they're run through the wall for Coach Prime. And the same thing with Coach Rule, it's going to be a heck of a game. I don't even want to predict a score because when in games like this, you know, it's always big plays and you know tremendous defense, tremendous offense. So, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm just hoping that it, you know at the end of the day that the Buffs are victorious. What's it been like for you? You got mm-hmm. Bar- you got Coach Barnett, you got Hawkins, you got mm-hmm. Embry, you got McIntyre, you got Mel, you got Durrell. Now you got mm-hmm. Prime. How, how have you hit it off with Coach Prime? Because it's had to hurt you to mm-hmm. see the inconsistency with with who's wearing the headset, right? <laughs> right. So yeah, it's it's uh it's it's different. It's different around here, and you know, um, you know, I was close to, I'm still close to Coach Barnett. I was close to Coach Hawkins, McIntyre, you know, uh, Embry, you know, uh, Mel, not so much, mm-hmm. and Coach Terrell. Yeah, I was close to him, and you know. Uh, Coach Prime, he really doesn't let people get close to him. He's uh, he's all about you know longevity and and his his in his circle. So you know, I, I look at it like uh, you know, just do your job and you know uh, everything else uh, it'll happen for all the right reasons. So, but I I try to make sure that you know that everyone knows that you know I'm on board with what he's what he's doing, what he's trying to accomplish, um, and you know. Just keep ruling them on. That's all you can do. Darren, do you have a moment looking back over the past nine months where it stood out, oh, this is different here with Coach Prime in place? Are there any moments that stand out in your memory? Oh, it stood out from day one. <laughs> when he first got introduced as the coach, it was different. The, 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 uh, just the excitement around here, and you know, you knew that everyone was going to be held accountable. It wasn't going to be, you know, everyone had to, you know, do their do their job and you know do it the right way, but it was going to be his way or the highway. And you know, uh, you know, he he bought his Louis and he bought his players. He bought you know his coaches with it. And now you just gotta fit in where you fit in and 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 deal with it. But you know, I'm a buff through and through, and I want I, I want to see us back at the top. And you know, I kind of get the same vibes like when Coach Mack was here. You know, I think the way Dion is doing it, and the way Coach Mack did it is not similar, but they did it with, you know, um, excitement. They did it their way and, you know, their way was successful. So, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I got to have a coach Max story, halftime sideline before we say goodbye. And I hope to see you in Boulder. Uh, just cause we had coach Mack on, we got into the college football hall of fame and there's just been some, uh, some off-air stuff on on Mac in a in a good way. Just how intense. Is there a crazy mm-hmm. moment with Mac? You remember? I remember two things. 
because he was in charge of the punt team. And if your he he carried a ruler, Uh-oh. and if your if your splits wasn't exactly two inches, you were getting popped. But not on the butt. You getting popped on the calf. And that when they popped you on the calf, that meant you better get your your feet and your 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 split right. Um, but the, the one that stands out the most to me wasn't at halftime. It wasn't it wasn't uh, you know going into a game. You know none of that. It was my very first day uh, at on CU's campus. And I made the mistake of wearing the red Nebraska hat to our first meeting. Seriously? And I walk in. Yes, I walk into this meeting, and he looks at me. He goes, "Who the hell do you think you are? Take that hat off. Get your." He told me to get out, and he started going off on Coach Barnett. And that was the last time I ever wore anything red. What possessed you to, to do that? I got to know. I, had, I I don't even know what I was thinking. I was I was thinking okay, I'm at the University of Colorado, so you know I can I can wear what I want to wear, you know, and no one's gonna say anything. I, I'm 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 committed. I'm loyal to this place, so I, I put on a hat. That's what I was thinking, not knowing that you know wasn't no red in the building because that, none of that stuff has been relayed to us because it was my very first meeting. Man. You know, then I found out that at one time our, our offensive line coach. He had got a, a red truck or a red car from his his uh, his dealer, a uh, car dealer, and uh, put it in the coach's park coach's parking lot. And <laughs> Coach Mac made him get it get it out of the coach's parking lot and take and take it back to the dealer and get a new car. That is real. That is yeah, absolutely real. real. It's not <laughs> urban legend. Darian, good to spend time with you, and thanks for a few minutes. We'll see you on Saturday. All right, see you guys on Saturday. Thanks for having me. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Extended sit down with Darian Hagan. Big thanks to the former Buff quarterback, almost a Husker quarterback. And that story about showing up with a red Nebraska had his first Buff meeting ever. Uh, incoming freshman Ken E chimes in. Glad Darian isn't playing Saturday. He was a machine running that offense. This goes back a lot of years for some of the younger listeners, but. Nebraska and Colorado, man, they were in a dogfight for quarterbacks, for Tommy Frazier, for Darian Hagan, for Mickey Joseph. And Colorado started, I mean, they, they just for a perspective, they, they went one in 10, I think in year three. And four years later, won a national championship, split one. So they pushed Nebraska. Nebraska pushed them. They weren't on the same level as Nebraska for as long as Nebraska, but they they won a championship, and they had to go through Nebraska to do it. So while you may not like Colorado uh, in that same reverence of of Oklahoma respect, man, it was was always a party in November or late October when it was Nebraska-Colorado. Goalposts came down for a reason. Uh, Halloween night, 1992, is remembered forever. I mean, it's uh, it's special to see these two teams tee off in the 2.0 version here with two new coaches in Rule and in Coach Prime. Really kind of the same guys at their football core. Uh, just different personalities. Uh, very complimentary. Nebraska's been nothing but killing with kindness. And you got Prime saying it's 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 personal. And something that we talked about back in hour one in terms of the non-conference scheduling, getting some of those old Big Eight foes, 
I've been saying this for a while. I want the Missouri-Nebraska Bell to come back for a home-and-away series. The Missouri-Nebraska Bell was one of my favorite games growing up because of the lore behind that bell itself, the trophy. I had no clue I, until I had um, EA Sports College football where the kids are running out of the t- This is the Jamal Lord era EA Sports College football. No kidding. And our old boy Garth Glissman's quarterback. And there's the bell as they're running out of the tunnel. I didn't know where they were fighting for a bell. Well, and, and it was a, a bell that was on. taken from a church, like on the the border, down where you get fireworks of, of Nebraska. Yeah, down where you get fireworks. There was some church there. They stole the <laughs> bell out of and they turned it into a trophy. I always loved lore behind that one. I'd love to see that one make a comeback. Maybe that's just my generation, but that's all right. I mean, Missouri'd be good. K State'd be fun. KU'd be fun. Mm-hmm. The the buffs are good, but hey, uh, task at hand. If you're Nebraska, figure out a way to come out of Boulder one and one. If you're Colorado. I know I've said if a lot, but that's what's up in the air. A reminder to get buckled up. You're headed out to Colorado. You're just headed home from work. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We'll try to get to more of your comments. Uh, uh, Brett chimes in to Elijah. Do not care about the Missouri Bell. Brett needs a Corona, it sounds like. Uh, we will get to some emails tomorrow. Loaded show for Nebraska-Colorado week. Uh, we'll have Jason Peter with us tomorrow. As uh, JP get a check-in, get his thoughts on the rivalry, get his thoughts on the matchup Saturday. Uh, Mike Babcock tomorrow. Uh, we'll spend time with Evan Bland tomorrow. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman, Matt Schick of ESPN, and uh, Colorado Buff fame. And uh, Darian Hagen, Coach DiNardo, Coach McBride, Coach Barnett, as we roll on. And we'll be in Estes Park, Big Red of the Rockies, Thursday night. Reminder there, Hail Varsity, back at you at 4 tomorrow. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.